Salutations, my brother. What's up? Not much, man. Just ready to talk about this craziness that's been going on. Man, it's been crazy for a week. I mean, Bobby, man, we got... Phone up. It's a little hard to hear you. We got to talk about this Colin Kaepernick situation. Um, we're going to get into Miles Garrett helmet slanging incident. And that's about all. We're going to talk about those two topics. Give y'all our quick thoughts on those. But if y'all don't know who this is, this is Antoine Smithy-Smith and my boy Simon Phoenix. I'm not going to tell y'all his real name because he'd rather stay <laughs> below the radar. But y'all going to know who he is after a while. But again, let's get into this Colin Kaepernick thing. Um, Colin Kaepernick had a workout for 32 teams. Uh, I'm sure, you know, they're going to find a way to get tape on him. Uh, but only eight scouts showed up for 18, so it was eight out of 32, which is roughly what 30% of the team. So it's tough, man. It's tough to call it. And I'm gonna give y'all the sound clip, you know, a little bit later, uh, a little bit later on before we go to break. And I wanted to get y'all to give me y'all opinion if y'all listen to this uh, recording, but. Nonetheless, uh, this was three years in the making. And in so many words, he said, you know, they could have done this three years ago, which makes a lot of sense. Uh, why they waited three years, I don't know. But my personal opinion is they're trying to, you know, put the, you know, social injustice thing uh, behind them all together. They're trying to sweep it up under the rug. But when y'all listen to the interview, y'all going to hear out the Colin Kaepernick's mouth that, um, you know, the NFL, he's been waiting on them, which is so true. But at the same time, you know, I'm thinking they didn't know how to deal with it. And if they didn't know how to deal with it, you know, what do they do? But neither here nor there, that's not an excuse. Oh, and by the way, he was working out five minutes from my house down here in Atlanta. <laughs> Wish I could have made it up the street, but I, you know, I, they did it at the last second, so I didn't know. But right quick, I want to get get your thoughts, uh, Simon. Before I go, just tell me right quick what you think about the situation. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, everything that you said pretty much sums it up. I was a little upset about it, you know, or I don't. Well, even before I say, I was. I, I am a little upset about it, but from the standpoint that it was short notice, number one, there were a lot of stipulations on the whole setup. And, you know, there, there's the, the way that it was done, in my honest opinion, between you and I, and, you know, maybe a couple of people out there, I think it was more, to me, it was more of a, a stunt. Right. You know, more so to, to, to try to say that, oh, well, you know, we made a chance or we made an effort you know, to, to, to try to get Colin Kaepernick an, an opportunity into the game. But, you know, I, I when it, it happened and the way that it happened, it was just almost like, man, you know, this this seems like it's pretty much set up just to, you know, try to make right. peace in the media and in the world. And it, it just, right. it didn't sit right with me. 
as right. far as the way that they did it. Right. And to add on it, what you're saying, I get totally what you're saying. Because uh, we look at what this man has done, you know, over his career. 72 and 30 record as a starter. Carried his team to the Super Bowl where they nearly came back and beat the Ravens. And once one was one of the most strangest Super Bowls ever. Put the lights blacking out. Um, career rush yards, no, I'm sorry, not career. Most rush yards in a playoff game. Dude ran for over 140 yards in a playoff game. So, I mean, what are your questions uh, as the NFL as to, you know, what's your problem with not scouting him, not picking him up, and as we call it as fans, and what they call it in the media is blackballing. That is exactly what happened. And if he doesn't beat, you know, beat the stereotype of a African-American quarterback, because a lot of people, uh, if they don't know that um, he's, uh, you know, he's biracial, has a white mother, black father. But to me, I think the biggest problem is uh, is social media. Social media put everything, you know, out there for everyone to see. Everyone gives their opinion. And it just gives, you know, an outlook on the player's uh, ability on the field and what he does off the field. And sometimes that kind of gets mixed up. And to be honest, um, from this point on, I think uh, this is his last chance. Because if he doesn't get picked up at 32 years of age, what else can he do? That's just what that's just what, that's just what I got to know. What else can he do to prove that he belongs in the NFL? He is better than I would have to say 10 to 12 quarterbacks in the league that's starting right now. And if you look at the Chicago Bears situation with Mitchell Trubisky, which has looked like a mistake for the last two seasons. He's better than Mitch Trubisky and Chase Daniels, the backup quarterback on the Chicago Bears. So that's one team right there out the box that could use his skill set right away. Would it work in Matt Nagy's offense? That I don't know. But what are your quick thoughts on, you know, as far as the social injustice part of this Colin Kaepernick thing? Because this seems to be the big twist of the whole plot. No, I couldn't agree with you more on that, man. And that's the whole, that's the main thing about Colin Kaepernick as far as why he's not been with the team. You know, teams and, and the owners and what have you, their biggest fear is the backlash that they'll receive by signing them. That's been the biggest reason why for, I think it's been three years, right? Three years since he's been in the league. Right. Yeah, so I think that's that. That's probably, if anything, about ninety nine point nine percent of the reason why no one is signing this man. As far as what he can do, uh, about the only options that I know that you and I know of is, of course, to play in the community, which I'm, you know, I would hope that they would overlook some of the issues and overlook the views and the opinions and just accept him for who he is and not for what he's standing for or what you think he's not standing for or what have you. And then uh, the other thing too, to be honest with you, I think if he doesn't make it back into the league, which I am strongly 
strongly hoping that his workouts today prove to enough uh, people watching that he's definitely worth a, he's he's not only is he definitely worth a value, but he was already a valuable quarterback because again, just kind of piggybacking off what you said, he got the he got right. the 49ers to a Super Bowl. Right. You know, something unfortunately, I don't know if a lot of people remember this, but something Alex Smith in the beginning couldn't do. And the good thing for jumping off the situation, you know, not to bash Alex Smith or anything like that. The good thing for him is going out to Kansas City saved his career. But you know, when you look at the whole scenario, Colin, when was Colin Kaepernick ever a bad quarterback? You know, when uh, he, you, you, he was he was never a bad quarterback. The only question that I had and a lot of the other, you know, people I talked to, especially our boy Marlon Copeland, was um he had trouble reading defenses at times. It seems like, you know, he couldn't read the defense and he was, you know, throwing a double, even triple coverage. And sometimes, you know, that can be misleading because they beat Atlanta in the Georgia Dome at the time. Uh, the Falcons were up 21 nothing. They came back and won that game uh, 24-21. And that advanced them to the NFC Championship game. I'm sorry, to the Super Bowl. So that's why, you know, not being able to read defense can be misleading because schemes are different. Um, you know, the offense that you run are different. So that can be misleading as well. But that was the only question, the only problem that I had. But as far as, you know, leading the team, uh, he could beat you with his legs or his arms. If he, if he gets on a hot streak, he could still be a very effective quarterback. And at third, like I said, 32 years old. That's pretty that is, that, that is the only question that I have. But think about this. Tom Brady is how old? 42 years old, 10 years older. He's still playing. So at this point, age isn't even a factor. That isn't even an excuse. So yeah. I just can't wait to see what excuse they use if he does not get back into the league. Right. And that's, that's, you know, that's what I was going to allude to, too, as well. It's like, you know, if he doesn't make it back into the league, you know, outside of playing in uh, Canada, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I know it's a real step down, but I, I, if, if he had an opportunity and, you know, Jim McMahon would accept him, I would love to see him in the XFL. Uh, yeah, but I if, can see that. You know, but the if thing is, the thing with that, and the only thing with that is pay. Uh, yeah. I don't think he would, you know, uh, no. even though he just got a settlement from the NFL and he's made a good enough money to make a good living, you know, after retirement, I still don't think that's enough money to draw him to the XFL. No, CFL, CFL, same question. Yeah, no, I hear you. So, you know, that would be the only question with that, even though it would be a stepping stone to show that he could still play. I still think he thinks that he's a little bit above that level, which I totally agree. Oh, with. he is. Now, I, uh, listen, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dare say that you know um, that the competition is the same or, or what have you. It's, you know, as far as as far as his ability or anything like that. Only thing I will, you know, only thing that I'm kind of uh, uh, going towards is the fact that if he doesn't make it and if he still wants to play and show the world that he can play. Those are his only options. Now, the other thing that I was going to um, mention, too, as well, is, you know, despite what a lot of people may think, I think he would make a, ex I think he would make an excellent uh, coach. 
you know, not head coach or anything like that, but someone that could teach someone uh, how to play the position. I think he could eventually work to being a coordinator somewhere. Maybe probably, you know, probably not on the NFL level, but he definitely could get into a college or a small college or something like that. I think he could make it there. You know, I, I, I know his ultimate goal, but I think being who you are, I think, you know, sharing that knowledge with the next, you know, good quarterback that's coming up and the next so good quarterback. That, right. so that. That. So I think it doesn't happen again. Right. Well, well, just, you know, just this knowledge of the game, I think right. that would be great to, to groom a college quarterback for the next level. I think he has that that much talent in my honest opinion, you know, provided that the NFL doesn't give him a shot. I think that would be the next best thing in, in, um, for him to do is just pass along his knowledge of the game, uh, both on and off the field, you know. Right, and I, another reason why I totally agree with what you're saying right now is, and I've said this before, the game is converting to the running quarterback. It's starting to cater to that. See it with Lamar Jackson. Um, who else in the league that's, you know, a scrambler uh, that can do both? But, uh, uh, Lamar's probably the most active guy that we can speak of. We Well, we, Kyler Murray in Arizona, he, Russell Wilson. I forgot about uh, him. And I was going to say, with Russ, we're seeing him actually develop into a true pocket passer, you know. Right. Um, and I think it's due to the injuries that he suffered, you know, early in his career and trying to prolong himself as well as, as long as uh, be healthy for the playoffs. You don't see Russ running as much as you did in uh, in the in the like you saw him in the earlier part of his career, the first two or three seasons of his career. You don't right. see. We can, we can even throw uh, Deshaun Watson in that conversation. Oh yeah, I forgot about so, Watson. You know that the the era of. You know, the scrambling quarterback, the dual threats, uh, is starting to evolve and it's starting to come forward because quarterbacks from the early 2000s, like 2003, 2004, those quarterbacks, they're here towards retirement. So, you know, the game is evolving right before our eyes. And in the next two to three years, all 32 quarterbacks will probably have a quarterback that's 28 or younger. And that's just the way it's converted. So I just can't wait to see, you know, how he fits in and what the NFL, the, the eight team that scouted him, I just can't wait to see what they're going to do. Because yeah. like I said, the NFL has no excuse anymore. No excuse. So if you if you go to CNN, ESPN, or whatever news outlet you watch and watch the workout, hey, you will see that that guy can still move at 32 years old. <laughs> so that's a good thing about about the quarterback position. You know, as long as you you stay a little active and you toss the ball around or you do something to keep yourself in shape, you can always, you know, now I don't I wouldn't want to see a 50-year-old guy out there, but you can always still, you know, play this game at a at a pretty high level. Right. So and and uh, on, not only that, the way that they protect the quarterback Especially now, they're doing a, a twenty-five uh, years ago. Yeah, you you remember this? Well, it may be a little bit longer than th- twenty-five, but when Joe Montana got his elbow broken, that was one of the most vicious hits on a quarterback that I had ever seen, and still have seen to this day. So, if they played twenty-five plus years ago, yeah, after these quarterbacks right now would not be in the NFL. I'm just gonna tell yeah. you, yeah, indeed, yeah, man, you're right. 
That is the truth. But I wish that guy luck, man. Nothing but the best. And uh, I pray that he makes it back to the NFL. Yeah, man. But on the second topic that we were going to discuss is this Miles Garrett uh, brawl between, well, at the end of the Browns Steelers game, which the Browns won 21 7. Game was completely over. Uh, 21 7 was the score. Uh, I watched the whole game and I can't say I seen this escalating this far. But as the game went on from the first play all the way up to that point, it was a lot of tugging, a lot of, you know, a lot of tugging, a lot of fighting, a lot of pushing. And, you know, a couple of players even got away with, you know, punches. And Marquise Pouncey, the one that punched Miles Garrett at the end of the game, had got away with a punch at the beginning of the game. So, you know, if you see that going on during the game, some point you're gonna lose your cool because if let's, let's just put it like this we all know how mad and i hate to use this for you know an example but domestic violence two grown-ups get to fighting police is called out back in the day the person that started the fight would usually go to jail but now in 2019, both parties going to jail. So when Miles Garrett threw that helmet, um, and I'm not gonna say he, you know, was was not wrong, was definitely wrong. But if somebody piss you off or say something to you, because to be honest, nobody knows what happened when they were on that ground. If he said something that he didn't supposed to say, Miles Garrett did not say nothing. He's going to say something when he meets with the NFL about his future. That is the mm. perfect time to say anything. Let them know and be the first one to know exactly what he said. Because at this point, if Miles Garrett said something, you know, or he said such and such, a derogatory comment, it's going to further bury him in his career. So he's doing the best thing. Now, I believe that when it's all said and done and he talks to Roger Goodell and the NFL, you know, panel about what really happened and something comes out that Mason Rudolph said that ticked him off to that point before the helmet tugging, before the kick to the groin, those words that he said, I guarantee you, pissed him off and that's why he did what he did. Now, I'm not condoning it, but you got to look at it from his point of view too. And I said this earlier, if somebody kicked me in the groin with some cleats on, mm. we, gonna, we gonna be ready to rock. Simple as that. And I'm not gonna put it nicely. I probably would have bust his head wide open to the white man. Don't care about the career, don't care about nothing. And it could be something, you know, you remember Bill Romanowski, linebacker mm. Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders, Played for a couple of Denver Broncos, Oakland Raiders, a couple more teams, 49ers, because he won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If you remember when they played the Denver Broncos, he spit in Rod Smith's face. Uh, that was J.J. Stokes. J.J. Stokes, I'm sorry. That is the most disrespectful thing to a man, hands down. You do that on the street, liable to lose your life. I'm going to just be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just put it blame, bluntly, however simple as I can. 
but trust me, this story is far from over. Now, Mason Rudolph only got fined. Miles Garrett got suspended indefinitely. Regular season, postseason. His teammate got one game. Steelers Marquise Pouncey got three games. All fines were undisclosed, but both teams got fined $250,000. Mm. So, before I go on, I just got to get your quick thoughts on that. Well, first of all, most importantly, Garrett wasn't wrong. I support Garrett, and I have no reasons to, or no doubts or anything like that, and I, I don't care about the backlash. I'm gonna start with this. If Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph was two dudes on the street, no one would even care right now. Right. No one would be all, no one would even, no one would really be taking sides and there wouldn't be any issues right now. It would just be two guys fighting in the street. It made social media and it would have been dismissed after two or three days. No one would care. Right. But because they're celebrities, there's a big issue made out of this thing. Now, let's just get to the nitty gritty. And while I want to tell you why I back, I support what Miles Garrett did. I'm not sorry for what he did, and I don't think he was wrong. Here's the thing. In nature, there's a lion and there's a deer. <laughs> a lion naturally is going to attack a deer, number one, in nature. Well, let's just say that lion is just over there chilling, and the deer just decides to buck up at this lion. The deer has to have the heart and the gods to mess with that lion. Otherwise, he's gonna get his head taken off because he initiated. Right Now, let's get back to what happened on the field. Again, you took some good words and uh, that I was gonna say as far as when they were on the ground, number one, and they were already tussling. You don't know what Miles Garrett said. You don't know what Mason Rudolph said, but we know it was enough to, to fuel both of them. Right. As they were both getting up, there's clear evidence and images of, of Mason Rudolph being the aggressor. There's clear evidence of him. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I say absolutely. Oh, there's, there's clear evidence of him still being aggressive when I don't know what uh, who was holding Garrett back as he was walking back, but there's clear uh, evidence that uh, Rudolph was still being aggressive. Okay, you, you're coming at me while a guy has his arms around me. I can't swing my hands. So what's the next best thing for me to do to try to reach you? I'm gonna swing with what's in my hand and try to, you know, attack you to keep you to back you off from uh, coming at me. Right. And that's what he did. Unfortunately, it was a helmet, but let's just look at the bigger picture. What I think everyone fails to realize, had Mason Rudolph backed off in the first place, Garrett would have never swung a helmet. All he had to do was just back off, calm down, let the situation and the whole scenario work itself out and we wouldn't be having this issue. But no one is is going after Rudolph for being the aggressor. Regardless, you came at uh you came at Miles Garrett. Garrett had defense. And people don't want to see it that way, but let's just be real, man. And if think of it like this. Here's a here's a great scenario, and it is it's not football related. Go ahead. You're a homeowner, right? Right. Some un, some strange reason, some young kid, old enough to be an adult, you know, 18, 20, 21, something like that, unarmed, just being a knucklehead, breaks into your house, right? Right. 
ain't unarmed, but he broke into your house. Now, the, the, the great thing would be to just, you know, take your gun and shoot him in the foot and call the police and let them deal with it, right? Right. But if you, it, and here's the thing, if you killed him in your house, that's still justifiable homicide, even though you didn't have to do it. Right. But still did it as a homeowner. So if you killed this right. young man because, unarmed coming into your house right. because it's considered and you feel it's justifiable homicide, then it's no difference from my Garrett being attacked by an aggressor. Right. Rudolph was aggressive and he got what was coming to him. And if right. people can't wise up and say, hey, you know what? The guy was aggressive. He came at him. Don't think, don't look at it because uh, Garrett is bigger. You know, regardless of the fact, if you come at someone, again, like you said, a rival game, a rivalry game, uh, tensions high, journalists rushing, and you want to pull a stunt like that, then no matter for you, man. Whatever happens to you, it happens to you. And that's just yeah. on you as a player or as anybody that, that has the galls to run up on someone like that. That's your problem. That, and whatever happens, it happens. Again, if two two guys were on, if these two guys were on the street, no one would care. And that's my 13 cents on it. Agreed. Agreed. And to go back to what you was on, a, you know, your scenario. Now you don't know that person breaking in. They may be not not be armed, but you don't know if they armed or not. But your first reaction gonna be, I gotta protect my family. I gotta yeah, protect exactly. my place. And so, you, and even if you do know, you know, like I said, whatever happened, whatever the outcome is, is justifiable. Right, because they acted, you know as to what they, you know, with their intent. And we don't know what Mason Rudolph would have did to Miles Garrett had Miles Garrett not hit him with that helmet because he was still charged. Exactly. And when he was on the ground, he did. see people don't think about this. Mm-hmm. He was on the ground, Miles Garrett grabs his helmet, yanks it. He could suffer a neck injury, career injury. But people only see that he got hit in the head with that object. Right. If if, like you said, they're on the street having the same fight, nobody cares. And this is what it takes the cake. And they asked Miles Garrett, and it's a such thing, and it's in the NFL rule book. He could have filed charges, with I, which I think is the biggest hunk of bullshit that I can think of. <laughs> because at the same time, if you file charges on him to something that you started and on top of that your teammate he's on the ground he's hitting him in the head kicking him with the cleats all right what what do you think that is it's just as bad because those cleats are sharp at the bottom oh, yeah. you can put your eye out or plug any other part of your body no matter if your face yeah. arm leg and imagine getting kicked in the thigh where your um <clears throat> arterial artery is uh-huh. that's deadly that's a deadly weapon so it's just it's just as bad which is why I said that Mason Rudolph should have got suspended yes he got fined but he should have got suspended lost more money and lost more games now if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers the NFL didn't find, didn't suspend him but to make things right I would suspend him as the as team president 
or owner or whatever, I make sure he sits down because it is only fair. So situation, it just got out of control. It escalated. So, I mean, and like I said, my, by far what Miles Garrett did was not right. But, you know, like you said, it was justifiable. Oh, Simple as that. Definitely, man. Like I said, so, you have to understand he was the aggressor, you know, and the, the aggressor, I'm sorry, but people have to see people are judging because he used the helmet. Let's let's just let's back back on that whole scenario. If he was not aggressive, the helmet would not have flown. Right. And, and I, it probably would have hit him in the head. Well, but, here's the thing. You anything goes in the act of uh, defending yourself and in the act of, of, of adrenaline and, you know, guys already being frustrated. Anything goes. And right. you run up on somebody, you know, that, that that's just the nature of man. You know, if he feels threatened, he's going to do what he has to do to protect and to defend himself. And I think, right. uh, I think the Players Association needs to, to really step up and, uh, you know, come to the defense of Miles Garrett as well, at least by ensuring that Rudolph gets some kind of suspension too, as well as, uh, I didn't even know he had gotten fined, so I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, he got fined, he got fined. But the funny thing about it is all the fines that were, you know, given out, all of them were undisclosed. And they will come out, you know, once he has the meeting with the NFL. Like I said, everything else will come out. Now, I said on the video I did on YouTube, uh, y'all can go check that out at Smith's Sports Machine. Um, I said that the fine would be record-breaking, and I would say seven fifty to a million dollars. And I only said that because they were sending a message that this cannot happen again. Yeah. No way, no how. Now, that's understandable. Now, that, that part... I can agree with, um, you know, as an NFL fan and, and for the NFL teams, the owners and the players, I, I can agree with that, 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 that an example, you know, needs to be made. I don't, again, the hardest part about accepting that as an example is I don't think if you're gonna, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're gonna divvy out fines or in punishment, I think it should be equally or just, you know, or as close to equal on both sides. Right. You know, I don't right. think Miles Garrett, I mean, again, I understand it's a business. You have to do what you have to do to, to try to, you know, make peace and justify, you know, what happened and, and try to make peace of, of what happened. But I don't right. think you can place all the blame on him. You know, Miles Garrett, that is. So you know, no. let's just let's just say if we were gonna if if we were gonna go at it and, and bring a chunk of it, I would say 55, 45 on you know fifty five Garrett, forty five on Rudolph. Right, but like I said, you know, again with that, you know, you got to throw Marquise Pouncey in now. You got to throw his Cleveland Brown teammate in there. Yeah. So you know, you got to see but, what was taking place. You just now one it, thing that you have. If you cannot see, if you look at it in real time motion, you can't see everything. Because mm -hmm. when I first seen it, I was like, "What did he just do? Right. What happened?" Because all I seen, the only part that they that they showed with the man getting hit in the head, it took me to the next day to see him getting kicked in the yeah. groin 
it's, uh, it's, being held on the ground and kicked in the head. So, you know, you have to just, you just have to process it. Put it like that. You have to look at it, process it, and then give a decision because if you see it, you know, real time, you be like, I didn't see nothing. But just, <laughs> just trust me. If you break down what happened, you will get my point, you will get Simon Phoenix's point. Trust me. Because okay. it's more to the story than what the media is showing you and what those tapes are showing you. And it will come out. Well, you know, like I said, man, you know, the, the, the biggest thing I don't like is the backlash that he's getting. You know, I think, um, right. I just really don't think it's fair to, to really pounce down hard on him because he used the helmet. You know, I think, I think everyone always misses the biggest picture of what happened. You know, you see a helmet and you like, oh man, that's dirty. Well, again, had you not done what you did, that would that whole situation wouldn't have happened. And that's that's the only thing I want a lot of people who's mad at Garrett to see. Right. And it's all and you know, like our parents teach us, it's two sides to a story. Yeah. And there's definitely two sides to that story. And you won't know the full story from both sides until the NFL sits down with Steelers representatives, the Browns representatives. Miles Garrett representatives, Mason Rudolph re- representatives, and so on. Right. And that is the only way you will get the whole true story of what happened. Because if you put those two in the same room, they will have to tell the story from their side. You have to put two and two together. That would be the end of the story. You will know the whole thing. And the sad thing is, man, I honestly, mm-hmm. honestly don't think the NFL is going to release it. Well, under their own policy, they have to do that. Uh, under their own policy, they have to re- uh, release it to the media because they have those countries. It's just like the players. Oh, really? Players have a certain amount of minutes that they have to talk to the media after every football game. Even if they don't want to, they have to. Well, let's hope for the best on that. Let's hope that they stick by and stand, uh, you know, don't dance around their, that policy then. Right, right. But um, I sure appreciate you, man, joining me for this segment because, you know, I really had to get that off my chest because what I've been watching the media just blow things out of proportion. Right. And they're telling the story one way. And just like I just said, it's two sides to a story and we will find out. And when we find out, hey, we're going to bring it to you because that's what we do. But after this interview... I'm going to give y'all a couple of sound bites from uh, James Canada, uh, Big Game James, former defensive lineman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's going to give you his thoughts on uh, both of those topics, and they were great topics. And I just hope and pray that both of these situations get solved. Both of these are a situation that should have never happened, should have never came this far. And the only way to turn around is, you know, find the right solution. In the Colin Kaepernick situation, do the right thing. Let that man back in the NFL. Let him resume his career. Because uh, everybody gets needs a second chance. Michael Vick got a second chance. Ben Rothenberger got a second chance. And you have other players even before them that got second chances. Dexter Manley, Micah Irvin, Lawrence Taylor, 
the list goes on and on. So second chances are only, you know, right by Miles Garrett in this situation and Colin Kaepernick in his situation. So if you have a heart, give them people a second chance. Don't always, you know, give your opinion if you don't have the whole story. All right. Wait, wait till the whole story comes out. Give your opinion. Roll with it. Because if you want my honest opinion, I agree with what Miles Garrett did. He just went about it the wrong way. And he hit him with his fist instead of his helmet. Would not be having this discussion. Colin Kaepernick would have got picked up by a team three years ago after the 49ers released him. Would not be having this discussion. So everybody got to wake up. Simple as that. Everybody got to wake up. Because if you're going against Colin Kaepernick because of what he stands for, you are part of the problem. No other way to put it. No other way to put it. Thanks. But Simon Phoenix, man, thank you for joining me, man. I always appreciate you helping me out, uh, giving me your thoughts. And we talk about sports all the time, so this ain't nothing new. But like I said, y'all check out these sound bites um, before we roll out of here.
Boy, Big James Canada, Big Game James Canada, former Tampa Bay Buccaneers defensive lineman. He always stops through, show Smith Sports Machine some love. Shout out Big James, man. I had to borrow that clip because you gave, you know, an explanation from a football standpoint, a fan standpoint, and to be honest, <laughs> a commissioner standpoint. Because before it breaks down, they're gonna, like I said, they're gonna have to hear both sides of the story, and that's what 
it boils down to. So this story is long from over. When I get back, I'm going to close this thing out as always. Y'all stay tuned to the sports machine. come to another end of a great show man i really appreciate y'all tuning in and i always am grateful for the support i would like to thank my boy simon phoenix for joining me giving me a great feedback on the two topics that we discussed also my boy big game james canada for let me borrow a clip for his thoughts these two topics the one with miles garrett and colin kaepernick uh, they won't go away anytime soon. Uh, that helmet hit to the head will be, always be tied to Miles Garrett throughout his career, even after his career is over. And Colin Kaepernick, whether he makes it back into the NFL or not, social injustice will all be tied to his name. I think he's a civil rights activist, uh, one of the bravest athletes to ever walk the earth because, uh, we haven't seen athletes take this kind of stand since 1960s like Bill Russell, Jim Brown, Muhammad Ali, uh, statues of that type. And for Colin Kaepernick to basically put his career on the line says a lot about his character. So, man, great show, great show. But y'all can always catch me on all social media platforms, uh, especially Twitter and uh Fatboy Slim underscore 21. That's F A T B O I S L I M underscore 21. Catch me on Facebook, Antoine Smitty Smith, or join the discussion in my group, The Sports Machine. And you can catch me on Instagram at Antoine, that's my name, but it's spelled in the number 2 W O N on Twitter. So it's strange, and you know. I'm different, so I do things different and I roll different. But one thing that I don't do different, speak the truth. This your boy Antoine Smith Smith signing off episode 40. Thank y'all for tuning in. I will catch y'all on the flip side of my good people. Peace.